I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, good morning, Adriana. How are you today? I'm doing great, Melissa. How are you? I'm happy to be here. It's a good Monday morning and I am ready to talk about one of my very favorite things, which is money and wealth management and wealth creation. And I'm so excited to have you here. I think you're going to have a lot of awesome input for our listeners. Why don't we get started with an introduction, who you are, where you come from, how you do life. Oh my goodness. I am, I call myself a wealth strategist, a coach, a consultant, um, and most recently, I added author to the tags behind my name. But in a nutshell, I help women create wealth. I help women not just make money because we know how to do that part. I have women that actually create wealth and not just for today, but something that might actually live beyond us and be our legacy and that thing that really impacts the world. That's what I do. I am a Canadian. I'm an immigrant. I'm a mom. You know, the 101 things that we are as women, I'm a little bit of all of that. But I like to say that if I have to pick what I call my raison d'etre, I'd say that I'm an inspiration because that's what I aim to do across all the channels, everything I touch. So that's me in the summarized version. (laughs) That's beautiful. I love it. And how did you start this path into money coaching and wealth coaching and where does your education and inspiration come from there? Yeah, a lot of what my impetus was started when I was a traditional financial advisor. So I did the traditional selling insurance, buying and purchasing stocks and helping people create budgets and retirement plans and all of that good stuff. I still enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. However, I found I found a couple things out. One, many times when there were couples in our office, and that's a male-female couple or something, there's always the dynamic of the one who's more assertive and the one who's assertive in, in those relationships. It turned out that the men would be much more aggressive in leading the wealth conversations, and the women just seemed to sit back and my husband's taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, you are most likely going to outlive him. And you don't know how many times we found women who just had no clue what was going on. And then the other thing that happened, I had some pretty, I guess, life-altering things happen for me personally that really said to me, you got to take a handle on this. You have to be better than you are. I call myself a professional hypocrite and undercover Cinderella because when I was doing my financial advising, I was bouncing checks left and right. So I knew that it wasn't what I know. It wasn't what I was educated about. It was what I implemented when it came to my money. So with all of these things happening, 
I made the move to serve women who were like me. We were strong. We are, for the most part, we're confident. We're living our lives well. We can make money. But somewhere in there's a disconnect. When I found more and more of these women around who actually needed what I discovered, and that was purpose behind wealth. I had to figure out a way to make money more than just a dollars and cents conversation. It for it to actually land in a way that was, sorry, not conflicting for me. And in order to do that, I had to find purpose in my wealth. So I explored the entire wealth journey first for myself. And then I learned how I could do that for other women by understanding different personalities, different reasons why we do what we do. It was circuitous, but not. I've always been in money. So mm-hmm. I just moved it so that it could fulfill my purpose better, as well as leaning into my own strengths. I'm I'm a nurturer, but I can kick butt if you Yeah, girl. <laughs> it does take that marriage of formal education and experience, I think, to make an awesome coach in this space. So it sounds like you've got the chops to really make some impact. The thing that I find most often when I talk to women in particular about money is their mothers didn't know anything about it. And you really and I know you're in Canada and you immigrated there too, but if you pull the curtain back on the US. Women have not been able to have credit cards in, until the late 70s here. Yeah, I'm it's, sure it's very similar in other parts of Canada and in the Caribbean. Absolutely. Like, how can we possibly expect ourselves to know if the generations that we have learned from didn't know? We have to give ourselves the grace and and the to realize we are charting new territory here. That doesn't mean we don't get, to, we don't have to do it. We don't have to take responsibility, but it does mean there's no shame in the game, right? There's we just have no to take shaming. a step forward. Yeah, there's absolutely no shame. In fact, I share in the book that the only time in my coaching process, the only time we look at the past is to either celebrate or forgive. Because I find, especially when it comes to the money decisions, so the times when we bought the lattes, when we probably should have saved it into our little coin bank. We beat ourselves up about that forever. Listen, I bought mm-hmm. a car and I could beat myself up about it because it was before I learned that, you know what, the only time I'm going to borrow money is if I'm going to invest so that money will make money. Before that, I took my equity in my home and I bought a real nice car. <laughs> yeah. I love the car and I love the experience that I have in the car. But it was tainting the idea of me having the car because I could have done other things with that money. It wasn't like it was a $50 car. So I think one of the things as women we really need to let go of is that rearview mirrored approach to well. Stop looking back about what could have, should have, would have. Leave it alone. Forgive yourselves for that experience that you had. And let's look forward to how we can actually create wealth. And don't think that the system's going to just open a path for you magically because you decide, okay, I'm going to create wealth now. The system's actually, even if now women have their own bank accounts, if you go into a wealth transaction or a large money transaction and you happen to have a guy beside you, they defer to this person. And it really just annoys me. Yep. Uh, I stopped getting annoyed. I just sit there now and I wait for my husband to say, oh, no, you have to ask her. She's the one who's making the decision. You know what I mean? We've come a long way and yet we haven't. 
I had an experience earlier this year. I went to go buy a new car and it was one of those Saturdays, a lot of moving pieces. My kids had sports games. My husband had to work, but my in-laws were in town. And so they hung out with my kids while I went to go buy this new car. I knew exactly what I wanted. It was, it was the one last I was going. So I'm alone at the dealership. And I find the car, I test drive it. Everything's exactly as I thought it would be. I go in and negotiate the price with them. Then I go to the finance guy. Yeah. And he's this old white guy. And he's like, anybody co-signing with you? No, just me. And he's, do you have any other cash besides that trade-in? No, just that. Oh, I don't know. I I could just see the look on his face. Like, this is not a waste of time. This isn't going to go anywhere. And he went and he ran his credit report and it came back to the 800s and he came back and he actually said, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you were going to qualify for this loan. I never see women in here alone who can qualify for it. And I thought, this has to change. I cannot be the anomaly here that has a good credit score. And so I've been on a mission to help support women to understand what that credit score is and how to raise it themselves because there's no reason he should assume that I need to have my husband or my father with me. But in reality, this guy was probably, I don't know, 65 or 70. Yeah. In reality, when he started his career, women had to have their husbands or fathers because they weren't allowed to have freaking credit. So she has to unlearn some of that truth, but we have to take a step forward in order to make it happen. So I love that there's things out there like this. Every time women like you step up, and take independent financial action, we help to reframe that whole dialogue about how women interact with money. Mm-hmm. And every time you teach another woman how to spend and save and do it in an organized way that is set up with the priorities, it reflects what they want to get done and when. And all. every time we help another woman be confident about her financial capacity to thrive, we help to change that dialogue. You and I might be doing different things, but we're mm-hmm. still helping the community of women to thrive financially. So it takes all of us stepping up and saying, yeah, I don't need my husband to go into that appointment with me. I can do this on my own. He's, his support is there. There's no doubt about it, but I can do this on my own and do it. Every time we do it, we help to change the thinking a little bit. Another interesting phenomenon that I have been seeing as well, and it's women who have built their own wealth or understand how to use money, feel ashamed to talk about it. They don't want to gloat or show people that they have money. And it may be because their siblings don't have money or their friends don't have money. And I really think the message should be shifting. I want to show you how to do what I'm doing, not make you feel bad that you're not doing it and I'm doing well. And have you seen any of that in your work? And how are you helping flip the narrative? You know what? It's how we've been programmed, Melissa. It's really, nobody sat a girl child down and said, you know what? Just sit there and wait until this Prince Charming rides in on a beautiful horse. He will rescue you and you can just live in a pink, bubble, doing your hair and looking pretty. Nobody sat us down and said that, although they might have been in the 60s, in the 50s, I don't know. But that's what we have been programmed to be. And we are set up to be nurturers, 
and selfless. Okay. Fantastic. Great. No problem. I love these characteristics because it helps us do what we do. We're the moms, we're the caretakers, caregivers, and so on. That's great. But it doesn't mean that we have to do that at the expense of denying our own blessings, our okay. own, all of the gifts that we have are being shut down and packed away somewhere in order for someone to feel better about himself. The way I work through that kind of thought process, because I'll, I'll share this with you, Melissa. I'm not actually trying to change society's view of women. I'm trying to adjust women's view of women. And when, yeah, when women get confidence in our capacities to create and manage wealth, then our actions are going to create the change in, in, in what society is doing and how they're thinking of us. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes down to you, me, and all the other entrepreneurs out there doing what we do, touching one life at a time. But it's also women stepping up and saying, I can do this. I just need someone to maybe hold my hand. How yep. can I take that next step? How can I build that confidence? Why do I feel that I should hide money? Because money has been associated with shame. And to have it makes you seem braggadocious mm -hmm. and so unfeminine. Let me tell you what money does in women's hands. When women have wealth, we impact communities. It is proven. When women have wealth, we change lives. In fact, I dare to say that the world is waiting for wealthy women's hands. My goodness. <laughs> yes, I love it. I get really passionate about it because there's so many things that we need. We don't need another power-hungry somebody trying to wield wealth as a weapon. We need wealth as a nurturing source. We need wealth as that soft place person can land when they're going through a hard time. And that's what happens when it lands in women's hands. We still need the other side of wealth, numbers and the increasing it, the multiplying it and all of that. We need it. Okay. But with all of that, women understand wealth best when we can see how it supports our nurturing roles, how it can create change, how it can impact positively. And when you're thinking of wealth that way, I'm adding it. Yeah. Listen, I want my friends to know where they can go if they need help. I'm yeah. not talking about the lazy ones or the ones that feel entitled. I'm talking about, for example, I serve on a board for a women's shelter. We prefer to call it a resource center. We have emergency beds for women fleeing violence and their children. But in addition to that, being able to serve these women means that when I direct my money to that center, I am not just giving them a place to stay temporarily. I'm helping to fund a house in the community that they can move to. Okay. I'm helping to set them up so their children can be located at a school where they may not have to face their, their attacker or run into them. We're helping with relocation services. My wealth is contributing to that. I will not hide it. I am not going to make you feel bad about it. But my welfare has purpose. And so should every woman. I, I mean, love it. I, 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 thought I went up there, but I get really excited about this. I'm passionate about this for sure. I love it. And I think you're absolutely right. We have to be 
showing people the power of what wealth can do and the knowledge of how to build it. It's not simply I have money and you don't. That's just ridiculous. It is all about how money can not only make your life feel better and safer. I know so many women who are are scared of what comes next. What if my water heater goes out? What if my kid needs braces? We don't have that money. And they stress out. They don't know how to make it. They don't know how to save it. They don't know how to control their spend on it. And it's this vicious cycle of repeat, right? I want to tell this story in my book, but it's something that always comes back to me. I knew a woman when I was, I was like 18 or 19 and she was a little bit older than me, but she had two kids and I didn't at the time. I think she was 21 or 22 and I was 18. Let's say there was like a four-year difference between us. She would get her paycheck on a Friday. She would cash it hundred percent in cash. She'd go to Old Navy. She'd get a brand new outfit. She'd feel really good about herself. She'd go out to the night with her friends. She felt awesome. It was like her one night without her kids, just single mom. She'd go to Walmart the next day. She'd buy all kinds of crap, like sodas and chips and like restock pile, right? Yeah. I'm not kidding. By Wednesday, it was all gone. She felt like shit. She was digging through couch cushions to find change for gas and and then was poor for the next 10 days. And she did this for as long as I knew her. And yeah. I just was like, I was really young at the time. And I don't think I understood that if I saw that woman today, you can't live in this. If it's not going well, do something different. Change lanes. Yeah. Make you know a right turn. Fix something. And I think that's that. That's where in my coaching experience, that's where I am able to see the contributors to that behavior. Mm-hmm. Because it's not as if she doesn't know better. But the behavior is giving her something that she desires. Nobody wants to be searching for money like 10 days out of your 14-day pay schedule. However, there's something familiar and comfortable in that behavior that she feels safer to replicate than to try something different. And there's safety in what you say better the devil than the one you don't. There's there, there's that familiarity. You know what? At least I know how this is going to play out. So I'm going to stick with what I know. It might not be perfect, but I'm going to make do. Mm-hmm. As opposed to someone like you saying to her, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, she knows it doesn't make sense. But she's getting feedback. There is a feedback loop in that behavior. Yep. And she is being fed. Something in her is being fed by the behavior. So as a wealth coach, my job is actually not to tell her that doesn't make sense to this. Instead, my job is to identify the feedback she's getting from the behavior and then find a different way for her to get the same feeling, for her to get that same. She, if you look into her past, you may see, I think most of us have a long history of a lack that is multi-generational. But there might also be, I share this story a lot. I'll share it with you. This one client of mine, a realtor, she reached out to me when she was finally making her nice six-digit commissions on a regular basis and realizing that she had no money. She was making hundreds of thousands of dollars and still trying to find points to put together. So just like your friend, but with more zeros on the end. And we couldn't figure it out because this person's educated. She has kids, she has mortgages, and she had multiple homes at that point. And we couldn't figure it out. Doing a bit of a peeling back of the layers with her, we realized that somewhere in her childhood, she had made an association. 
And her association was that any time people in her community got wealthy, they either got sick or died. Oh, and I don't know, as children, especially when we're not having conversations about things, we connect dots in really wonky ways. Yeah. And those dots, those connections say. Understanding where she came from, she's from an immigrant community out in Asia. And the association that when you make it, you either get sick or something happens, something bad happens to you, stuck with her. And that was the reason why she got rid of money as fast as she could make it. So no matter what I would say to her in a logical sense about, you know what, let's set up a formula, save 50% and let's move the rest out into the other 50% out into the things that you want as high priority items. Mm -hmm. Your spouse is making money, all that good stuff. It doesn't make any sense to her. On a logical level, it makes sense. But because of the connections she has made into her desire to preserve her life, her wellness, her wholeness, she would get that money out. She made it and she spent it. So addressing that and speaking to the, she, her belief system focused on the universe. So under reminding her and creating resources that said, the universe will always provide for you what you need. Here's how the universe showed up for you then and then and this time and that time and putting that dependency in the universe to provide as opposed to it, as opposed to I have to preserve my life. It did everything so that now it wasn't for her to make money and spend it. It was for her to live a purposeful life and the universe will take care of the matter. Right. So it's not always a logical conversation. Yeah. But when we look at wealth through the lens of purpose, we can peel back a few layers and see what's really at play here and how can we neutralize or sometimes dismantle, break it apart so we can actually have wealth that lasts and wealth that it helps you fulfill the whole reason why you're here. It's in alignment with who you are. What an interesting story. I've heard so many times how our brains can be wired to fear or panic or different things based on a simple object. Like I read a story once about a woman who was an infant and was involved in a very terrible tragedy. And there was an infant months old. And there was a situation where a specific object, I think it was like a red something. I remember the details of it now, of course. It was triggering panic for her as she turned into an adult, but she didn't have a solid memory of what happened to her when she was a child, an infant, but then it was still triggering her later on in life. So your point about that wealth, she picked up something in her subconscious, in her brain that how could you ever have identified that without doing the work and going through it to specifically look for those triggers? I mean, it's really powerful stuff. And there is a, like we talked about before, there's that marriage between having an education behind it, finding somebody who can teach you the logic and doing the emotional work to figure out what's holding you back. And I'm really passionate about money management. I'm so glad that there's people like you out there to help other women go through the, go through the trials and go through the work of making wealth and making it better for our children. I have no doubt that my two daughters and my son will have a better understanding of money than I had at a young age and my mom had at a young age. And we can just keep getting better and better all the way through. Absolutely. We have these conversations with our children. 
involve them in our wealth decision-making, not just, okay, how much will the groceries come up to? These are skills that they do need, but also have the conversation. We are real estate investors as well. And every project we do, our children are partners. Mm -hmm. They've got a role. They're, and we're looking at the numbers. And most of the times they're like, okay, whatever. You're, you've got it figured out, mom or dad. But they're hearing the words. They're hearing what we're talking about. They're hearing, oh, you mean to tell me this is what we need to be looking at and not just if it has a pretty color on the inside. Have these conversations with, with our kids and mm-hmm. start it ASAP. Bring them along when we're having those conversations. And I think if nothing else, educate yourself as you're educating your children, children enjoy watching us learn and grow. So if you don't know, say you don't know. And let's go find out together. And I think we have this, I guess I'll call it an illusion that creating wealth is hard. It can be a challenge, but so can anything worth doing. You'll have a challenge in there. I've found that when we align our wealth with our purpose, it's a much smoother journey. And I think that's definitely a big part of what's missing for women and wealth. Yes, I love it. Could you share with us where people can find you, how they can get a hold of you? That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'm moneynavigator.ca. That's my website. And Money Navigator is my social handle across all platforms. YouTube, Instagram are the best places to find me. And I'm also on Facebook. I have no business with Twitter. Don't go looking. But yes, Money Navigator will will bring me up across the list about all platforms. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. It was amazing having you on and hopefully Everyone got a lot out of it. I know I did. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And yes, I'll be seeing you again soon. Most definitely. Thank you. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.